You are listening to episode 36. This episode is brought to you by my new course, How to Dominate LinkedIn with Your Personal Brand. Do you feel like when you're on the LinkedIn platform, you're not really sure how to actually navigate it? Does it feel clunky or confusing? And do you have all these connections, but you're not sure how to really leverage those connections and how to really show up virtually in presenting your personal brand? Well, that is what this course is about because since September, I've gone from 1,500 connections to about 8,000 connections on LinkedIn. Not only that, I've gotten clients through my content and people have actually reached out to me to speak for virtual speaking engagements. So if this is something that you would really like to capitalize on and take advantage of and learn about, then this course is definitely for you. And you can learn about it more uh, in my show notes and I will have the link to the waitlist just for you. And now on with the show. On today's episode, I get to interview Nkechi Nuafor Robinson, and I'm so excited to present this guest to you. Nkechi was someone I noticed immediately on LinkedIn. She was either presenting amazing tips or she was presenting workout videos, and I was just generally curious who this woman was. On top of that, I found out she's also Nigerian, like me. And on Daryl, Guy with the Bow Ties, LinkedIn live show, Professionally Black, she talked about her experience as a minority in her community in Montreal. And that also resonated with me as I have grown up in Saskatchewan and that a lot of her experiences were very similar to mine. And when I pictured a stereotype of people in tech, I believe that she flips that definition right on its head. You'll notice right away her vibrant personality and her amazing hairstyle. And not only that, she has many acclaimed positions, including being the Associate Vice President of Technology at TD. So without further ado, I am so ready to present to you Nkeji Nuafor Robinson and share with you her story today on today's episode. Welcome to the Okiki Podcast, where we make inspirational people known. Brought to you by your host, Fian O'Brien. everyone to the Okiki podcast and today I'm so honored to have Nkechi Nuafor Robinson and this is really exciting because she's a fellow Nigerian <laughs> I didn't even realize and uh, I believe that's the Evo uh, mm-hmm. as well. mm-hmm. I have a little bit of Evo in me as well so <laughs> it's really exciting but more so I'm, I'm really excited to share with you all her uh, and allow her actually to share her story today because 
she really inspired me from a fitness point of view, but I feel like there's so much holistic health that she exudes and that she's passionate about. And uh, her resume, there's just so much to cover in there. So I'm just so excited to have you on the show today. It's <laughs> <That's> awesome. <laughs> yeah. So Nkechi, um, you are an entrepreneur. You're an author, professional athlete. You have more than 20 years in IT and you are currently uh, the Associate Vice President for the Segment Technology uh, with TD Bank Group. So I can't even uh, <laughs> begin with this kind of resume, but can you tell us, like, how did this whole journey kind of start for you? And how did you really begin this multi-passionate um, kind of career that you now have crafted today? God created me. <laughs> God, God said I am creating this girl and she's got some work to do. And, uh, I'm doing the work. Uh, so, wow, that's a, that's a loaded question, but I'll try to make it um, brief. I mean, I learned this um, some years back and it's really, really true, right? Our, our work really just talks about like our resume and stuff is just what we do, but who we are is fundamentally the, the why we're here on this planet. And so I, uh, I've come to a place where I recognize I am created to energize people. I'm created to ener empower people and mm -hmm. I'm created to move you from wherever you were at the beginning of our conversation, at the beginning of our interaction together to some place that's far, you know, euphoric and uplifting and empowering and fabulous and exciting and energetic by the end of our experience together, you know? So in that short little time, um, <laughs> I'm put to, you know, I just feel my human spirit um, is put to work to, to accomplish that with every you know, as best as possible with every human I come in contact with. And, and I've gone to a place where I recognize that that transcends to all aspects of everything that I do. And as a result of being more intentional with it, then I think what the outside world sees is success, mm -hmm. you know, and that's what gets celebrated. And so, you know, all of that to say, I've been working really, really hard um, through school. <laughs> I, I, I don't think technology was a chance. I, I have... I played with dolls a bit, but I also programmed when I was a kid with an Atari and a Commodore 64. And, wow. And uh, I liked math and I was one of the only kids that liked math. So I was maybe I was a little bit of a geek, you know, kind of growing up. And I studied math and computer science in university. And I got my courage one day when I entered into the workforce and just, you know, um, said that I want to apply my university degree and do something. And at the time, it was in, in 96, it was the, the, it was really at the forefront of needing technologists. And uh, they were so excited <laughs> to interview me. They're like, oh my God, where, where did you come from? And, um, and that was my foray into tech. And I've never, ever looked back. I was a programmer or analyst very, for a couple of years. And I think what shone through was just my leadership ability which had always really probably had been there from the time I was a kid, you know, just in terms of how I showed up in the world. And I, so I got into, I started at the sort of the base level of leadership, which is like group leadership. And then I moved into management and senior management and then director. And, you know, I've been an executive for the last 10 years of my career for the most part. 
And um, yeah, and so this is where I thrive in this space. And I use the platform of, you know, quote unquote, being an executive, because it seems to carry weight <laughs> in this world where it shouldn't really, but, um, <laughs> but I get it. And it's about using your platforms to create meaningful um, and lasting change in this world, right, for the better. And so, you know, that's just, that's just what I want to do is every day, just wake up and make today great and leave this world better than however it was when I was, um, when I found it in 1972 on September 8th. Yeah. Yeah. And we're going to even get more into how you kind of got into that confidence. But one thing I want to say is that right off the bat, I love that you basically just being yourself defy a lot of the stereotypes around who should be in this space, you know, uh, more so, yeah, you're a woman, you have like awesome funky hair. (laughs) (laughs) And and, uh, you're like, you know, people think of like people going into computers as if they'll have this boring personality and not to say they do, but you just completely define whatever people would think of that space. So I just, <laughs> I love it. I think sometimes I walk into a room and people are like frantically looking through the manual. Like who, what, where, what, what page is this on? What page, what page? And then they get to the end and they're like, we, we, we couldn't find anything that resembles yeah that's right but you know at the end of the day I think that's my desire everybody should do that like everybody that everybody regardless of what color your funky hair might look like or maybe you have no hair on your head but and what color ever your color your skin is people should be like rifling through the pages when you show up wondering where does this phenomenon come from and not be able to find it in the book Mm -hmm. you know we should all live absolutely like that not in the pages of a book but you creating your book you know to the point where they're they rifle through the whole book and they're like finally sit down and say okay let's let's start to write this new chapter you know honestly (laughs) like i think from that alone like I feel like you'd inspire so many girls because they can know, hey, I can be in this space and I can be myself. I have to say for me, um, as, a, as a woman of color, seeing you in such a great level, like you said, and then seeing you actually be yourself, um, yeah. it, it means a lot already. Like, I know I was told that I should watch what type of hairstyles I do if I want to go in corporate. So even something as small as that, and not to just too much elaborate in that, because I want to bring it back to you. Um, What were some of the things that you developed in your life that kind of brought you to this place of confidence where you're like, you know what, even in this professional space, even with this platform I have, I'm going to be able to show up confidently and boldly and just be different than the unexpected. I, I know you have quite a unique um, personal journey and story. So I was wondering if you don't mind sharing that with the audience as well. Yeah, not a problem. It's funny. There was something that you said. And, um, you know, I think, I think in the space where you belong, you actually mm-hmm. don't need to change. What you, what you really need to do is you need to figure out why it is that you belong there, why you belong there. And that's your terms. That's you figuring out what you're on this planet to do. And then once you figure that out, you fill up the space. You get what I'm saying? Like that's, that's really what it is. I didn't wake up like this saying that I'm just going to, you know, rock, you know, magenta colored hair with a shaved head and black skin as a woman and, 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 and rock the executive world and corporate. I didn't, I, I got to where I got to 
by the journey I needed to get to. And some of it was conformity, trying to fit in. Can you imagine trying to be black and, and try, being black and trying to be a white male in a gray suit with a white collar shirt, <laughs> you know, and you're trying to be that person. It's just, you know, after a while, it just doesn't work. It's like a, it's a puzzle piece. You, you have this piece that just can't fit yeah. in this, in this, in this puzzle that's being built. And, um, and, but when you, when you truly recognize, okay, that's exhausting <laughs> and yeah. that's not working. And yeah. you wake up every single day until that day when you look in the mirror and you realize, okay, the person looking back at you is the only person you can be because that's who you were created to be, right? Otherwise, the mirror would show a different image every single day if you were to actually be something else. And when you lock into that and you're like, okay, okay, I get it. I'm supposed to be this person that's looking yeah, back yeah, at me. Yeah. And then who is that person? Like, who's that person? If I take away, if I take away everyone else, if I say that your opinion of me does not matter, if I say that, you know, anything, anybody that, or anyone that judged me doesn't matter. If I, you know, take away all of the, if I add up all of the experiences I had and said that those experiences do matter in the sense that they all were needed for me to get to this place of realization on today. But here's the thing, how do I use them to make a difference? How do I use them to make an impact? How do I use it to, to be a better, to better my human? How do I use them to make positive change in this world? How do I use it to advance other humans? How do I use it to serve in the fullness of everything that I was created to be? How do I use it to operate at the highest expression of myself? Like when you start to take all of that, that you, that makes up who you are, not what people tell you you are, but who, what really truly makes up who you are, then you start to fill up your space. And then suddenly when you're starting to fill up that space and you shave your head and you decide on magenta, uh, magenta color, and then nobody really, that's not what they notice when you walk into a room. They feel your energy of greatness mm -hmm. first. And then all of yeah, that just happens to be everything else that, you know, sort of is, you know, creating your swag. You know, that's, I mean, I don't know how to really explain it, but to a young girl that might, you know, Google and look at what I might look like in 2020 and see this, you know, black woman in tech, in an executive role with magenta hair, rocking the muscles, rocking a shaved head, you know, rocking some tattoos, you know, they, you know, that, that person, it's less about the, what you see with your eyes, but it's, it's what lives inside of me that makes what you see with the eyes attractive, like more, like really attractive. Mm -hmm. You get what I'm saying? Like it's, um, mm -hmm. it's a lot of times people are like, but how are you, how, how is all that external stuff? How are you able to carry that external stuff? I said, it has nothing to do with the external stuff. It's how the inner stuff, inner is wearing that external. You know, that inner is creating the energy that is now allowing you to be able to say, yeah, she's actually quite cool with her shaved head, the burger, you know, mm -hmm. magenta hair, big muscles, tattoos. Yeah, that kind of stuff. Yeah. So cool. Mm -hmm. And so really knowing who you are, who you are on the inside, letting that connect with people. That's all that matters. That's what matters. I can... Like even now, I've said it so many times when I spoke when I speak because it's you know it's so hard. Like I almost wish I knew that when I was growing up, it's like Inc, you are going to be called on to speak about your story and your life story. So pay attention, like pay really close attention every single day, every single moment, so that you can see. <laughs> but that does that doesn't really happen. So everything's always in hindsight, right? So I I recognize there was an element of not making every move I made with the understanding that I was a 
black woman. You get mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, like I wasn't that uber aware of the fact that I was a black woman in tech having to navigate my way. Right. You know, there was a big element of my movement was really based on, I was a human being that happened to be black and happened to be female and Mm -hmm. happened to really love math and computer science. And that's, that's where I found myself, you know, from a career perspective. Mm -hmm. Um, It's the outside world that got me to start to pay attention to, you know, answering that question on panels and having to really now say, yeah, you know what? Maybe that's why, maybe that's why I'm not further ahead. Maybe that like suddenly then there's all these other elements that are brought into, but how about (laughs) I am exactly where I need to be on today, like on this call with you right now, with, with everything I already have inside of me and every success I've achieved, you know, on up to today, maybe that is exactly exactly where I'm supposed to be positioned. Right. And so, yeah, but that requires you getting to that space where you're, where you're able to articulate yourself in that manner. Yeah. It's an interesting thing you said, because I, like I, I was saying before the interview, I can resonate a lot with that. Like, where are you finding your identity? And oftentimes, um, especially like, I think we've had similar uh, backgrounds growing up, you know, being the only black girls in our class growing up. And um, yeah, there's a part of you that actually doesn't even notice it after a while, because if that's the environment you find yourself in, and then once in a while, things will come up that kind of make you think about it. And so I do find like your take on it really fascinating because it isn't the only thing that identifies you. And yet it is part of your story and how to actually like, merge it together. I wanted to ask what was the most instrumental moment for you when you realized the importance of, okay, you know what? I need to know me. I need to know why I function, why, what I want to give to the world. And I want to show up with that and, and walk in with that kind of confidence. And I know this is, this is the way it has to be. This is a path I have to be on to accomplish this. So I know the date, I know the I know the, the month and the, and the year, the date, you know, escapes me right now, but I know that I've been asked that enough that I know that I've been able to chase it back to that. So it was November, 2014 where I was going through something in my, you know, very close and personal and also um, something on my, on the career front that didn't really, wasn't really matching the plans I had for myself, you know, mm-hmm. and it, it took a very confident, you know, close friend of mine that was courageous enough to say to me that, you know, I don't feel your spirit. Like it doesn't, I don't, your joy, your, the outside world makes your joy, but it doesn't connect all the way on the inside, you know? And, and she herself at that time was embarking on wanting to really get to know, you know, a spiritual journey herself and really getting closer to God. And, and we were close, like really close friends, like, and, and so for her to say that to me and for me to recognize that she was important in my life, I decided to, you know, pay attention. And she had recommended this book, A Return to Love by Marion Williamson. And I read the book and it was a page turner for me. Not saying I've recommended that book to many people that are wanting to really start the journey because Marion Williamson, the author, really explains it in a way that I think is simple. She Mm. talks about love and fear, how babies are born into love. Mm. We learn fear. Right. And fear is anything that's absent of love. So jealousy, resentment, anger, frustration, unforgiveness, you know, um, anxiety, depression, like all of those things are 
predicated on fear. They're, they're, you know, right. and if those are things that we learned based on the experiences and situations and circumstances that we've been met with, then the key is to unlearn the, 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 what would be, what I call it for now, the, the untruth of those moments and replace them with right. loving thoughts, loving, you know, mm-hmm. sort of percept perspectives, you know, and that's what you have to start to do, you know, and when that, when you can actually start to do that, you know, brick by brick, you know, experience by experience and build back and mm-hmm. say that, you know, I'm choosing love forward. Mm-hmm. I'm choosing love forward. And it's going to now become my guidepost, my guiding principle, my new perspective is all going to be built from a place of love. Your world starts to change. It's just, it's impossible for it not to, you know, and it takes work. It actually takes, it, t- it takes you making a decision that that's the life you want to live. And then, you know, fast forward, that was 2014 to, you know, 2020, I'm in a, I'm in a space right now where, you know, I, you probably have heard this people pick you words of the year. My word for 2020, interestingly mm. enough, considering we're in 2020, this kind of 2020 is non-resistant. You know, I just want to live a life wow. where I'm just non-resistant. When something shows up, it's like my first expression is gratitude. May not be easy, but it's gratitude because it means that a shift is coming. You know, it, it, it means that there might right. be a storm, but like eagles, eagles fly into right. storm to use the storm to carry them higher. It will not break me. It's going to carry me higher. As long as I learned the lesson through it to be able to teach the lesson at the end of it, you know, and that's when you start to serve, you start to serve the world so that maybe others don't have to go through a similar situation or, um, you just happen to be the chosen one to go through it in with whatever permutation of life it meets you at, you know, to figure out how to help others that might have a very, you know, similar permutation, not exact, but similar to understand how they can use it to help themselves, right? Like that's, I truly, that's, I believe each and every one of us have that unique equation for being in this world. All of our experiences all add up differently. And every problem mm-hmm. that while they might be similar because of the experiences that you've had pre preceding them, that's just a different equation than I might have. But together we find a common bond through that experience. And then we learn from each other, right. Yep. Through our shared experiences. Yeah. And it- is that part of what led you then into having this um, career as well as an author and speaker and now <laughs> podcaster? Is, is this the message that you now share through those avenues? I think that's what it is. Like you get to a point where it's like, okay, I'm good. I'm just going to keep growing. I'm an, I, I'm an avid learner of life. Every experience is here to teach me something. I get, I get, I have the philosophy. I have the principles and I keep the, I, I have daily regimens that keep them in check and keep them growing. I learn new things all the time and just keep adding to my toolkit. Um, and then you get to a place where you want to start to curate content and share with others to help others to be of service in this world. I, you know, Muhammad Ali says, um, service is the rent we pay for our time here on earth. And, mm. you know, that's when you start to make a difference. I, on my vision board, it says the best way to become a billionaire is to help a billion people. And so, <laughs> you know, and yeah. so in order for that, I mean, if that's on my board, then I need to curate experiences that are massive because <laughs> a billion people is a lot of people. Yeah. I, I've been to India. It's a lot of people. <laughs> and uh, it's, so it's like, what can I curate that has maximum reach, 
you know, for maximum impact and lasting influence and to help just continue to move people forward, right? Because my philosophy is love forward, move forward. And um, yeah, so yeah, so that I said, so therefore you write, therefore you podcast, therefore you speak, therefore you mentor and you coach and you lead. And yeah, so you do things that feel scary to scare yourself and grow yourself and stretch yourself. And hopefully other people are, are seeing that it's possible because you're human just like them and then they try and yeah, it's a domino effect. So cool. And I even noticed that um, because your podcast is like fairly new, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, yes. and yet you're already at like 50 52. Yeah. <laughs> so that's what- I just thought out of nowhere on LinkedIn and I was like, wait, she has a podcast now? <laughs> no, when did I- she do this and how? And- Thank yeah, you, COVID. I, I would I, love to hear that. <laughs> oh, so there's a concept that is called, um, it's an athletic concept, but it's uh, functional speed functional speed. And so I learned that very earlier on in um, at the beginning of COVID. You now have all of this time. And this is the time Mm -hmm. where innovators and creators and, and people that are just on that, you know, just that vibe to to just do better and are maximizing it to get ahead. And that's what functional speed is so that by time, you know, you come out of quarantine, you just like, it's like, you know, there's the wind that's, you know, like, it's sort of like, um, if you're drag racing, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you're on the you're on the heel. My husband taught me this, so that's why I'm able <laughs> to make the analogy so quickly. But you're uh, no, my brother. It was my brother. So you're on the you're on the tail of the car in front of you, and so they're they have the wind, and so they're you're able to hold your, your speed behind them. The minute they move off, boom, there's just an acceleration and that's how you're able to overtake them. It's no different. So you're building up the functional speed while you're in COVID and, um, and then coming out of COVID, you're ahead, of the, you're ahead of the pack. And so I recognize with more time that I can use it to just change the rules. And that's, I think that's, we need to adapt, right? So I just decided to adapt by saying that it wasn't going to shut down my creativity. I was going to make sure that it advance my creativity. Mm-hmm. I also recognize that speakers that I wouldn't typically be able to book suddenly didn't have, you know, calendar right. conflicts. <laughs> <laughs> and, and speakers want to keep speaking. And so suddenly yeah. it's like um, people I'd reach out to that were initially, you know, a little bit quiet on the responses were like, Hey, I just want to, I know you reached out about get on your podcast. You know, I just wanted to see if there that opportunity. I was like, yeah, it's still there. And so next thing you know, I'm like, okay, to keep up with the demand, I had to do two podcasts a week and, wow, and, you know, and then next thing you know, I'm like, Oh my God, episode 52. So I decided that season one is going to be still episode 52 I'll kick off episode two in September and come with, uh, I'm rebranding to my, uh, my incorporated business, which is empowered in my skin. Mm. And yeah, so new song and new, and I, I feel like I'm the Gary V, you know, like Gary V is one of those, if you don't, if you listen to him, he has, yeah, yeah. There, he has no rules. Like with you, if you're somebody who's, who started to research how to do podcasts, they would tell you, you know, get into a routine, pick a day of the week that you can post, you know, make sure you're posting consistently. You know, that's, I'm all I'm with the birds on that one. Like, you know, you create what feels right, right and aligns with what you can do in a moment. And, and maybe season two, I go back to weekly, you know, mm-hmm. but why not get out content while I can? That's amazing. Yeah, no, I, I was so blown away. I thought I was like, wow, she's just going for it right now. I was so surprised, but congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> Definitely. 
52 episodes. I think it was like February 28th to July 31st. Yeah. Wow. 52. It's possible. Wow. Very wow. possible. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> and also as part of this um, kind of holistic perspective too, I also wanted to touch on um, you do also do um, bodybuilding and like you're an athlete. So I kind of was curious, how does that tie into your whole, um, I guess, ethos of how you go about life too? Yeah, I think so. So I, I'm blessed to say that I grew up with an athletic father. So, you know, I've pretty much been athletic all my life. I played um, soccer and played quite competitively. And it was when I was 25 that I had a pretty massive injury mm. playing, you know, competitive soccer. And, you know, with my career spinning off, I knew that that wasn't going to work anymore. And just the commitment that you have from being on the competitive soccer team, it's a little bit much with the traveling, the practices and this, any other. So I had also started bodybuilding at the age of 18. I got, I stepped into college and I walked into a gym, um, a weight training room. And I was blessed to meet Mr. Canada. He actually ran the weight training room in uh, at John Abbott College in Montreal. And uh, he said, "Wow, you look like a bodybuilder." And ever <laughs> since, the, and ever since those words, I just I learned the right way to bodybuild out of the gate and fell in love with this well, the sport in a sense, like but working yeah, yeah. out, weight training. And uh, so I hung up my soccer cleats and put on, you know small bikinis literally like within the same year just i wow. just the weeks that it required me to train for my first competition wow. and uh yeah i never stopped and i excelled in that sport and i got to the professional level and, and for their for an international organization and uh yeah and it's fun it's uh it's uh and, and here's my thing like whether or not it's that you're you know a competitive athlete or it, it's about overall wellness and so mm-hmm. when you look at yourself as a human, it's like, how am I keeping myself well? Yeah. And mm-hmm. so if you're not an athlete, great. Are you, you know, do, what are you doing to stay active? You know, um, are you a walker? Are you a yogi? Are you a tennis player? Are you a cyclist? Like it's, it's, it's just, it's really looking at you as the human and mm-hmm. saying, am I covered 360? Right. No, I love that. And, and that's why I brought that in because there, it is kind of part of the whole package. It's a whole part. It's a whole, it's, it's there's, yeah. different, but it's still like a very important aspect. It brings, it brings your, well, it brings your well self into all areas of your life. Right. And so, and as a well human, that means that in my corporate seat, I'm well, you know, mm-hmm. and in my, you know, my, my wife's seat, I'm well, and in my friend's seat, I'm well, and my daughter's seat. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's not like I'm well without flaws, you know, but, I'm, <laughs> but you get what I'm saying. Like I'm well, I'm well in mind. I'm, you know, I'm able to cope yeah. and manage and continue to move forward. That's the most important thing, right? That's what yeah. wellness helps with. Yeah. Definitely. And so, and Kaji, I have to ask you this because someone might be listening to this and going, okay, like she's accomplished so much in so little time. Where do I start if I want to even make an impact like she has? Mm-hmm. And yeah, whether, yeah, making an impact and even stepping into like a field of passion, uh, whether it's in the corporate world or mm-hmm. on your own what would you to say to someone who's just starting out on that journey? So I'm going to give a, I'm going to give a very practical example because I'm starting all the time. Right. And so, so years ago, if I take you back to like 2005, when I started in the bodybuilding world, I, um, and it could just, sorry, could just be because I have swag and, and I'm well coordinated, but I, 
I understood the, the, the mechanics of posing your physique, right? And so very quickly, I loved the, the posing aspect of bodybuilding, like how mm-hmm. you showcase your physique. Mm-hmm. And then I also had the swag and, you know, and to add to it. And I had, you know, a, you know, a rhythm to how I posed. And eventually I started becoming, I, I became good enough that I can actually start to help others figure out how to pose because there was a there was a style I had that attracted people and they're like how do I do that and I said well how about if I get you to figure out your style you know and your swag and so so that started out um and my entrepreneurial spirit where I started to host workshops okay Okay? so they were at the time called posing workshops and from posing workshops I did those for a while and then I recognized there's there's a sickness in the sport of fitness right especially with women and you probably have seen a lot of maybe bodybuilding athletes that like the food porn and then there's the the bodies look a certain way on Monday on competition day Saturday and by Monday it's like is that the same person that had six pack abs you know and then there's a bout of depression. And I'm only sharing that because I've experienced that. I have Mm -hmm. personally experienced that for many, many years. And so I realized that there is a a non-well part of the sport. And once I started to understand that and, and get a handle on it and recognize that there were broken parts of me and spaces of me that were fulfilled when I looked great and broken when I came off stage. So it's sort of like that postpartum, you know, Mm -hmm. experience. And that's not that's not well, it's not healthy, you know? And so I wanted to get into a, a I wanted to just make it a, a nice, a lifestyle, you know? And so yeah. once I realized that it's a mental game, mm-hmm. well, my posing clinics now moved to incorporating a, a mental aspect where I'd be like, okay, you're standing on stage, you have no mirror and you're looking at judges judging you. What story are you telling them? Right. And the only way you can speak to them is from your mind, from your right. heart. So what lives in your heart and what are you thinking about? And, mm-hmm. you know, what does it feel like to be on that stage? What have you accomplished? What's your why? Like, and so right. all of that. <laughs> so, so, so that yeah. all started. And that's where, like, a lot of people think I just started workshops with Empowered My Skin. No, I've been doing workshops for a really, really long time. By the time Empowered My Skin was, that was nine years later. And I just branded wow. my workshops under Empowered in My Skin. And wow. then if you take the work that I do in corporate, I got, I've gone to a place where as a leader, I, I think you have to give back and you give back through mentoring. You give back through pulling other mm-hmm. people up. And so, mm-hmm. um, I, so I would mentor at work and I yeah, fell yeah. in love with mentoring. And I think the things that you fall in love with, you tend to attract more of to the point where I couldn't fill up. I could not even keep up with the demand. And so I had to go from individual mentoring to group mentoring. This is just all within my workplace. Wow. And, um, and so then that trans, all of that's been happening for a number of years, just not to the public eye and then enter in 2020 and COVID. And I have a little bit more time after 52 podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> on my hands. And I, I, there was a number of women that I was connected to in a community that I founded in 2018 that wanted to um, be mentored. And I was like, oh, I can't mentor each and every one of them individually. So I just put it out there. I said, one day I just put a note in the chat and I said, Hey, if anyone wants to be part of a group mentoring experience, just click on this link. I'll accept the first 18. 21 ended up joining. We went through nine weeks of a mentoring experience together. And I, you know, I led the sessions and then I was making it 
and creating it as I went. And then I would connect into my network of professionals and, you know, sheroes and experts and ask them, would you be willing to lead a session of this mentoring group that I have? And, and suddenly it blossomed into this nine week experience with amazing speakers. Like after my first two sessions, every other session had a speaker and all of them left something very unique for the women that were part of it. And then not only that, the growth of the women was phenomenal Hmm. beyond my imagination. And that was the biggest gift was just seeing them shine, just seeing their shine, seeing their light illuminate, seeing them, you know, flying, soaring, you know, and, and different. One of the first things I said mandated when we started was, you have to leave, you have to come out of this experience different, different and better, you know, and seeing that actually happen. So I share all of that because that ended in um, July, what are we now? We're in August. So that ended in June. And suddenly people were like, how can I get into this mentoring program? Uh (laughs) Suddenly that program became public. People, they shared, they shared on their network and it started to create a buzz Mm -hmm. and I just realized there's a need. And then you say, okay, I offer this service. Mm -hmm. And then you start to formalize that service. So I'm sharing that because like, if you notice in all of those little things, it's, it's, it happens organically. Like wherever there's, wherever there's a problem to solve, if you're the solution to that problem, then you, then there's a business need that you can develop. Mm-hmm. You know, and so to anyone that's starting, it really just starts with what do you like to do? Mm-hmm. What do you like to do? What would you do? What would your heart be willing to do for free? Mm-hmm. You know, that's a, that's a way to start. I mean, you know, there's you could probably ask Steve Jobs or you know maybe even Jeff Bezos. I mean, I think he quit his corporate job to start selling books in his library, and now look at him get <laughs> a thirteen billion dollar day the other day. Right, you know, I right. don't think he thought that when he started selling books. Yeah, in in a right books, and now he's distributes everything except I think cars. I'm not sure if you can. Yeah. Maybe he can, but but, but um, yeah. But, but, you were saying it always, a lot of times we think it has to start with something that we're not aware of. No, mm-hmm. it starts with actually what you're passionate about, what excites you, what are those little things that make your heart tick and let no stone unturned, mm-hmm. not one, mm-hmm. you know, no, I and I just took mentoring workshop and have just now made it, that's going to, that's the business. And then I have the podcast, right. Which is still curating content to help mentor, grow, you know, and help people. It's all related. And so you don't have to go beyond that, which excites you, which lights you up with that, which you do for free. Thanks so much. Uh, thank you for giving such a well-rounded answer to that because yeah, it's, it's really great to share with the audience that find what you're passionate about and then see what is a problem that I, I would be interested in trying to solve and letting that at least be the catalyst to start something. And like you said, see where it goes because <laughs> it could become a whole thing by itself. But by, but by itself. I promise yeah. you, I, I said the best way to become a billionaire is to help a billion people. You're going to have me back on your podcast saying, how did you build a billion dollar mentoring workshop organization? You I know what I mean? That would that. <laughs> <laughs> be great. <laughs> And I'll be so excited to have you on, of course. Um, yeah, my very last question for you, uh, although I'm sad that it's ending, is uh, what do you value the most about where you are today in your career and in your position? And yeah, what you've even gotten out of this season of COVID, what do you value the most about where you are right now? Where I am right now 
is sitting in my home in my office talking to this amazing woman called Flyin Obayan. <laughs> I value this moment. So right. to answer your question, I value my moments way more now than ever before in my life. And it's interesting. I say that on a day where, you know, just a moment ago, I was sad, right? Sad because my dad is, you know, my dad, my dad, I've known him my entire life. And we're going just through some tough times with him. You know, he's 80, he's going to be celebrating 86 years next year. And he's just not that young, you know, man that I grew up with. And so mm-hmm. it's learning who I'm going to be through that journey. You know, mm-hmm. and some of that's uncovering today, you know, mm-hmm. but it's recognizing that those moments are just moments, and yeah. there's always another moment where there's another moment. And so it's I value my moments way more now than ever before. And, mm-hmm. and if I wasn't able to do that, then I would have been carrying that experience with my dad into this moment. Mm. and infecting what this moment could be for everyone that's listening. And, but it's not absent of what I'm going through. Right. It's just, it's part of it. And, mm-hmm. and, but this moment introduced with you, the last 40 minutes with you has just in, in, introduced more life into me, you know, and more life into this world. And that's a blessing. And we mm-hmm. fail to recognize the power of our moments and how each of them create something for every individual if we allow it to you know uh thank you so much for for that and yeah i'm definitely blessed by this moment too <laughs> i've definitely I, been so inspired and I can, I can i say one more thing yeah there's a speech and um i don't know maybe we can share the link to it because yeah, sure. i'm I, sorry i didn't mean to cut you but it's oh, just oh, so really? profound because i I can, I'm, I literally in that moment realized I just connected a dot to what I said in that speech. And I said that it was a speech that was, uh, it was an event by Speaker Slam. And it was after, uh, it was part, it was in honor of the Black Lives Matter. You know, it was part of this movement that we're in now where they honored their stage by letting a number of Black speakers speak that on, the, on that particular evening. I think it was like May 30th. Mm-hmm. And I, my message was um, a message about love. There's a redemptive power in love. I quoted, I used Martin Luther King's quote that says, mm-hmm. you know, there's, a, there's power in love. There's a redemptive power in love. And when we could discover that, we will make of this old world a new world. Mm-hmm. And in it, I said, imagine I got to a place where I was talking about our belief systems. Mm-hmm. Because I believe that while there's systems and policies and, you know, structures that need to be built right I don't say rebuilt. They were never, they, I don't say changed. They need to be built right. They were never built in, right in the first place. But it's a heart problem. Because if we don't fix the heart problem, you're just going to have the same, you know, non, non-loving hearts, judgmental right. hearts, unforgiving hearts, manipulating new systems and policies and structures, right? right? So it's a heart problem. And a lot of times, you know, what drives our hearts is our beliefs. And mm-hmm. so on that day, I shared that, you know, imagine a belief system that's built from a place of love that can serve myself, the work I'm here to do, and everybody else hmm. all at the same time. Hmm. Yeah. Imagine that kind of world. Yeah. And I just realized that when I said that, in my saying that this moment, hmm. this moment where we're creating energy hmm. that is predicated on from a place of love. Right. We're changing hearts right now, you and I very powerful because we don't see the hearts that we're changing. We just see each other, you know, for those that are listening, we're looking at each other. So you've changed my heart. And I, I know you've expressed yourself. I don't, there's no doubt I've changed yours and, or moved it forward. Let's just say moved it forward. 
there's somebody else that's connecting into your podcast, one of your listeners that it's, is also doing that. Mm -hmm. That's the power of this moment. And that's simply because we're here sharing our positive, inspiring, motivational beliefs that we have, that Mm -hmm. we fundamentally are here on this world to create good, meaningful, thoughtful content to empower and change and transform the world. Wow. (laughs) So we served, yeah, we served ourselves. (laughs) You know, I... You just really like um, that just really encouraged me because that is really what the podcast is. But, you know, I never thought of it as something that deep and profound of what it could do for people. So that just inspires me more to keep creating these episodes as well, because that is what did it to have people like you on here who have inspiring stories and can encourage people to walk in their purpose. So thank you for really like reminding me of that. (laughs) I'm really, really excited about sharing this episode. And uh, thank you for all that you've shared with the audience today. No problem. No problem. And more of that, um, where can they find more of you in Kedji? Because (laughs) honestly, I'm sure they'll want more of you after this. (laughs) Thank you. So um, I, on Instagram, I am, um, well, my personal is adding Kichi underscore IABB pro. I'm assuming you'll share uh, links in the show notes. Absolutely. Um, From a business perspective, add Empowered on My Skin on Facebook and Instagram. LinkedIn is add Empowered, um, LinkedIn is Empowered on My Skin. Uh, My website is Empowered on My Skin. My podcast, it's uh, changing in September, is empowered in my skin. And so, yes, once you, when you look at your skin and you feel empowered, then think about empowered in my skin. And that's where you'll find me. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> Thanks so much for everything you shared with the audience today. No problem. My pleasure. I love it. Keep doing what you're doing. Change the world. You're doing it one heart at a time. Love it. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. <laughs>